0: Hi, welcome to the Trauma Thrivers podcast. Delighted to have you with us. I'm Lula Bentz, your host, a psychotherapist, a trauma expert, and a survivor myself. Lovely to have you with us. The Trauma Thrivers podcast is for anybody who has been through any sort of developmental trauma or who has complex PTSD. This podcast aims to help educate, inspire and support those of us that are on a trauma healing journey. We've got stories, steps and various solutions to trauma to help you heal. If you'd like more information or tips or tools or strategies, please go to traumathrivers.com. You can also find this podcast On my YouTube channel, Lula Bent's Trauma Thrivers. If you'd like to join our community of thrivers, please find us on Facebook under Trauma Thrivers. I'm very delighted to introduce Dr. Melanie Salmon, and Melanie is going to speak to us all about what she's devised, which is quantum energy coaching. But without any further ado, I'd just like to say hello, Melanie, hello. welcome to Trauma Thrivers and thank you so much for joining us.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Um, oh, it's
0: lovely to have you. you here.
1: Yeah, excited to share.
0: Yeah. So would you mind starting a little bit with just telling the, the, the group and the viewers a bit about your background, Melanie, and, and who you are, really?
1: Okay. Well, backgrounds, I suppose, always start with birth. And so I'm South African born. Um, I grew up there, went to university, became a doctor, and and then actually came to the UK where I am now. I came to the UK in my 20s. Right. Um, and so most of my adult life when I married, had children, w- was here. And so I was, a G- I was an English GP. Basically. Okay. How, yeah. how was that? It, it was beautiful. Um, oh. I I loved the practice I was in. I, we were living in Cheshire for 25 lovely, years.
0: Lovely, lovely. So, uh,
1: it was one of those, what, what they called a rural practice. So part of being in a rural practice meant that we also had to be Ambulance services, because ambulance didn't come to our area. Oh, uh, we, yeah, we had to go to road accidents and all kinds of emergencies. We had wow. to carry the gear in the car. So it was quite a fun time. Yeah, yeah. I bet.
0: Sounds incredibly amazing. And, and what happened to you as your life in, as a GP? Because obviously that was medical. And then something maybe happened for you about... The clients or the patients that you were seeing, and what they were presenting with.
1: Yeah, so so um, sort of within five or six years of, of uh, kind of having arrived at my ideal job, uh, and and I was mum with kids going to school. You know, I really thought I, I had everything that life could could possibly offer, and what I found was I was getting more and more frustrated because I didn't have the skill to talk to patients who are coming to me about stress, stress right. you know, their, their, their problems. So I thought, oh my goodness, I better go and study psychotherapy. <laughs> <laughs> so at the age of 40, I um, studied Gestalt psychotherapy in Manchester. Okay.
0: Yeah, amazing. And,
1: and then I, bec- I fell in love with Gestalt. I absolutely adored it um, and started getting involved in training and running my own groups. So I had two... Um, uh, uh, I had medicine in the morning and I had psychotherapy at night and weekends. Wow, that's amazing! And just for anybody for anybody watching
0: that isn't or listening to this in the podcast later, that isn't aware what gestalt is, maybe they're not a therapist. Could you just give us a brief insight into what it is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when I was looking up, I just knew I wanted to to learn counselling of some kind. So I looked I looked up on. Uh, on the internet to try and understand what branches they were. What drew me to Gestalt, <laughs> what drew me to Gestalt was that Gestalt is very body-based. Right. Gestalt is is a form of psychotherapy that's in the here and now, and it's it's interested in what are your problems right now and where do you feel them in your body? So I think because I was already a doctor and I was seeing people with illness and yet they were coming with their stresses and their psychological problems, I knew there was quite a connection back then before I understood much. So it was more the sort of body oriented here and now. And I must say that once I trained in it, I realized that probably it, it, it took six years to train to become a psychotherapist. It was longer than my medical career. Yeah, It's a very deep and very intensive, but a beautiful way of working. And I thought, well, you know, I found both the professions I really want. I'm really now happy now that I can talk to people who are stressed. I've really made it once again. But unfortunately, you know, uh, about 10, 15 years into that, uh, I think it was the conditions that was happening on the planet. Okay. So in the early 2000s, um, I was finding it becoming almost impossible to, to heal my patients. Uh, because the majority of the things I was seeing, um, I wasn't in that country practice anymore. By then I'd uh, moved and I, my personal circumstances had changed. So I was locoming in, in different areas and I was working a lot in areas that were sort of poor to to middle class. Right. And the majority of my patients were suffering with stress-related problems. And to be perfectly honest, you can't give a pharmaceutical drug really without just numbing the pain. And I, my conscience didn't allow that. And my talk therapy was falling on deaf ears because there wasn't the time. The kind of things people were coming with was so deeply stress-related trauma. People who were coming back from Iran and Iraq uh, with PTSD and all the rest of it. And I was like, as a GP, I was useless. I couldn't help these people, even with the skills that, that I had. And I just used to come home every night to my husband and say, there has to be another way. This is not working. And he said to me, one day that'll be the title of your book. And it is. Is it? How (laughs) wonderful is that? To be another way, yeah. Oh,
0: that's amazing.
1: So it was sheer frustration. I guess the core frustration was seeing that I was not really helping my patients by giving them a drug to numb them out or them not having years and years of time to go through sophisticated talk therapy, you see and and i'm i think i at heart i'm i'm a healer and i want to help people get better and mm. I, I was i was not able to do that anymore so i took the decision uh whew, in 2008 it wasn't easy to leave general practice i walked away from a high-paid job um into nothing <laughs> if you know what Gosh, i mean that's I, really I i um I, I realized that that the way forward was to, to work differently. And what gave me the the insight into this was reading the book by Bruce Lipton, The Biology of Belief. Oh, yes, yes,
0: yes. And I
1: read that in 2007, early 2008. A friend gave it to me and said, read this book. And because he was a medical doctor and, and a, um, a scientist, I mean, he was one of the people who discovered stem cell. Yeah. And reading this book, it was like, oh my goodness, I'm working with the wrong part of the mind. That's why I talk therapies too too slow, you yes. know, thing. And he really indicated by the end of his book that you really can only change something if you can work with a subconscious mind, simply because it's so much bigger and more powerful. It yeah. runs, it runs the entire uh, body it runs all yeah. the systems it's always on 100 of the time and it's this massive computer so i thought okay well that's great I, i'll find out how to work with the subconscious mind um only to discover that nobody really knew how to do it i thought oh i'll just go and f- I'll, I'll sign up for the training and what happened instead was um I did a bunch of. Uh, I then went through every single door I could. I oh, started, did you?
0: Now I'm really fascinated in this, and I'm sure some people watching this will be as well. What doors did you try? What doors did you try and open?
1: All right, I'll tell you what, what they were, but I don't want to give you my opinions of them because no, I'm no, gonna... no, no,
0: that's fine, that's fine, that's fine.
1: I was just basically searching for, you know, coming back, coming from a medical background, and seeing what I wanted to treat. Obviously, I'm seeing the most of serious end of trauma and and coming from a very sophisticated six year training in Gestalt. I was looking for something that was was very um, professional and deep. Yeah. So a lot of what I was learning was just little tidbits of, of how you can work with perhaps um, the body in a different way. So the first thing I trained in was Psych K. Because okay, yeah. that, somebody d- developed a way to work with the subconscious mind after Bruce Lipton's book came out, and I went and trained in that, thinking, "Well, that's it. That's that's what I'm going to do." But it really it, um, it gave me a doorway into the subconscious, but it didn't give me a methodology that was deep enough. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, just leave it at that. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't enough. It, yeah. it was an opening. So then I went and learned EFT, you know the uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, and and matrix re imprinting. I learned yeah. that as well. That's also in the UK. And again, that was like going off at the wrong angle for me. I thought, no, that's not really where I want to go with this. Um, and then I came across a guy in London who who I can't remember what his name what, what his name is now I forget, but he had taken psyché and he would made some changes to it, uh, and his he was doing experimental work on brain uh, brain waves, found that you can if you if you combine three different things in the body you can create a gamma brain wave, and if you've got a gamma brain wave you can install what you need to install at the subconscious level. And he was very much into the experimental stuff. He wasn't a clinician. He wasn't practically applying it, but I learned what he did to put together. It's three simple things. It's a way of breathing. It's a feeling of gratitude. And it's, it's sitting in a whole brain crossover left and right hemisphere position, okay. all, all of which is very doable. Even children can do it, it's easy. And what that does is it creates the, the gamma brainwave and it actually does install in seconds. It's really smart. It's really. Wow. wow. So I thought, great. And I said to him, can I, can I use that? And he said, you can have it with my blessing. And he carried on, you know, doing all the science. I think he's still doing the science on that. Um, but what I wanted, what I did was I took that and then I brought it into Gestalt therapy and I've put the two together and made a clinically usable tool so that I can sit with a client, I can sit with anyone now, no matter how bad their stress or their addiction, or even if they're in crisis, I can sit with them through a computer, through online, which I've had to been forced to work online in the last two years. And people can really heal within a space of 40 minutes, you know, 45 minutes to to, to an hour, sometimes will go as long as an hour and a half. And, and it's a very short therapy. It's not, it's not years and years as I was doing before. It's a matter of uh, they feel better at the end of the session already because we're installing at the subconscious level of mind, uh, the changes that they want to make. And the other way that I really, I really want to emphasize is that this is different to anything I've done before is in the past, I was in the role of fixing people. As a doctor, I fixed people. As a psychotherapist, I was very skillful. I fixed people with words and with, cha- you know, I was always a fixer. QC is the opposite, I don't fix. I give uh, the miracle or the magic wand to my client and I say, you are going to be empowered to heal yourself. You tell me what change you wanna make. And then I write down their words and their concepts and their sentences, and that's what gets installed. So I'm, if you like, in service, I'm, yes. not, I'm no longer saying, I think you should have this or I don't push or pull, you know what I'm saying? It's a very- uh, different-
0: I do, but I also think in my therapy training and lots of people I know, I would never ever call myself a fixer because I always believe like you that the client holds all the resources. Yeah, 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 and we are just the mirror. So, what kind of process would they go through? Because I know that um, you know QEC works with limiting beliefs. Is yeah. that true? Do you yeah. work primarily with limiting beliefs? A bit like EMDR works with limiting beliefs, and then swaps them to the positive. It's just we probably sorry for EMDR people listening to this. Many of them aren't fixed in forty minutes fixed but you know dissolved let's say uh transmuted uh does QEC believe that the body holds the score like Bessel van der Kolk Absolutely. or okay so they are they are held in the body and what comes up in a QEC session is there any release is there any discharge is there any processing
1: Yes. Look, there, there's no discharge or anything in a session uh, really to speak of. Okay. My session looks like um, to be more accurate. My sessions are an hour to ninety uh, to ninety minutes. Yeah. So the first part of the session, um, let's say it's your first session, it's a little bit different to subsequent sessions, and the, the, the majority of people I'm I'm um, resolve most of what they want to in five or six sessions not more and this
0: is even with I'm sorry to sound cynical this is even with complex PTSD levels of trauma and abuse not being able to feel safe in relationships this is even with clients presenting with you know 30 40 years history who I don't know might be self-harming or drinking or really dysregulated
1: the, perhaps the longest that I've seen, the, the, the clients that um, seem to take the longest are clients who've had narcissistic injury from, not that they are narcissistic, but they've been injured by narcissistic parenting. Okay. That's the longest. The, the brain wiring around around that is so tight. And, and uh, so the longest clients I've ever worked with is probably 12 sessions. Okay, anyway, so on average, it's it's five or six. And uh, the reason why it's quick is not because I like things to be quick. I mean, I would love to actually spend more time with these people. I miss them when they go. Yeah, it's because the brain, the neuroplasticity of the brain is such that when you When you can accurately find the the one thing that you're going to change, let's say it's around self-worth. Let me give you an example. Let's say you've got a whole range of self-worth issues of non-acceptance. Yeah. All these different ways in which you criticize and don't accept yourself. I will talk to the person, the first two thirds of the session is is talking and uh, unpacking what's going on. And, And let's say they want to change their attitude and their feelings towards themselves out of all those negative things that we want to change, and i give them a magic wand so they can use their higher cortex to think of the very best thing. They may say, well, I'd like to be able to love myself. Okay, so when we, that that is actually the highest thing that you can do besides all the other things. So once you install a statement, I love myself unconditionally, all right? And we install that. What happens at the neural end plate is that because it takes... The, the neural growth factor away in order to seal that new belief, the positive one, all the others from that end plate disengage because they've lost the neural growth factor. It's gone in the installation of this one. So you install one thing and all the other things surrounding self-love, self-acceptance, all those negative beliefs and thoughts and feelings are gone. Wow. And 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 also it's 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 immediate. It happens straight away, the wiring. So you begin to feel the benefit of that in the next few days. You'll feel changed towards yourself. Um, sometimes people will have some uh, physical responses in the next two days, but nothing more than a bit of tiredness perhaps. Uh, sometimes during installation, people will have a tremor or they'll twitch or they'll yawn. You can actually see it going in. Yeah. Um, but, but that's the reason why it's quick is that you're only working one end plate at a time finding one the 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 best match for that problem is the sentence you're going to install you don't have to install pages you know back in the day when we used to do um what were those things where you you make sentences that you know to try and change yes (laughs) affirmations that's it affirmations yeah so this is, this is a completely different process, because it involves the new, you know, rewiring the brain. And I'm, I'm amazed at how quick it is. Um, it really does shock me. And what happens is, you know, three or four weeks down, down the road when I see a person again and I say, how are you getting on with that, you know, self-rejection? And they'll say to me, did I have a problem with that? No. I'm, and they can't even remember. Yeah, it's it's, it's
0: yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, I'm just running through, in my head, um, some of the clients and some of my own uh, limiting beliefs, let's say. And, you know, they're not all in the area of self-worth or they're not all in the area of self-love or self-acceptance or self-esteem. There's There's a myriad of different limiting core beliefs, I think that come out of our traumatic experiences. But I think that a lot of the work seems to be, or seems to have been, I'm generalizing, Not so much about the belief change, which is, of course, the end goal of EMDR. And I think all therapies really is trying to get to that end state of self-love, because, God, if we can get people to the end state of self-love, I agree with you. Everything else probably dissolves. But is the, the ability to get people who are highly dissociated or disconnected from their bodies actually into their bodies and able to, as I like to say, ride the waves? Because lots of the people that I've worked with aren't somatically engaged at all and aren't able to be with their feelings or be with their
1: emotions in the present moment. So how, how do you work with that? All right, so that's another whole new section that I've developed. I started off just on, you know, the limiting beliefs, for the first six years or so. I've been doing this for 14 years. Yeah. For the last four years or so, I was living in Cape Town when I began, uh, when I began to see so much trauma that limiting beliefs became, uh, you know, people people would laugh at, say, what do you mean limiting belief? I've just lost my child yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to really start to look at trauma so I put together all, all my experience and everything that I knew about trauma. I was also a trauma release exercise trainer for, for South Africa. I was Okay, a, yeah,
0: yeah, know all about TRE. That's
1: why I was exposed to so much. So I made it my business to, to, to learn trauma. I was also working in an A&E department, and I was a traumatologist. I was a specialist in emergency work. So putting all of that together, I thought, so how can we work with trauma at the subconscious level of mind. Because when you're sitting with somebody who's traumatized, they're not present, they're frozen or they're in fight and flight. The autonomic nervous system is dysregulated and that's exactly what you've just described now. And, you know, when people can shake on the floor with TRE, they can regulate their nervous systems, which I thought, well, maybe that's the way through. The reason why I didn't continue with TRE after 10 years is, unfortunately, people's nervous systems go back into a dysregulated state unless they keep it going. They've got to keep doing TRE the rest of their lives, is what David Buscelli told me. So I thought, well, I wonder whether I can develop something to work at the subconscious level. And that's what I've done. I now almost exclusively work with trauma. I hardly do limiting beliefs at all because I think we've reached a time on the planet where almost everyone who sits in front of me is in that sort of state where they've lost something or they've lost their job or their lives have been turned upside down. So I'm sitting with people who are dysregulated And uh, in brief, what I've done is I've developed what I call a trauma formula. Right. Uh, And this is what we do at the subconscious level of mind. We first of all install sentences to regulate the autonomic nervous system. uh, And then that's the first sentence that goes in in a session. And the second one is... Releasing the emotion that is dominant, most people arrive when they with me either with panic or anxiety. Some people are in anger, some people are in unconsolable grief. But whatever it is, we release that. how How
0: do you how do you do that and what sort of safe sentences to regulate do you install?
1: so to to regulate the autonomic nervous system takes more than one session. It takes about three or four. Okay. I, I can't. I always explain to people that it, it will be better after the first session, but it's not going to be resolved. You're not going to be at a baseline place. You're not going to be back to equanimity and and balance. So no.
0: Could we, you give <laughs> us an example of what sort of things that you you might do in those first three sessions, just to help regulate the nervous system?
1: So. it's actually very simple it's an instruction it's one simple statement my autonomic nervous system is in optimal balance okay that's all we install that at the subconscious level and even during the session the person begins to feel themselves calming down by the time we finished installation of the other sentences that they want whatever we're working on They will say, Sure, I'm feeling really a little tired now. I think I need to go lie down. So it already begins to work in the first session. Yeah. As I explained to them, we need to do it every session. Say we have, we'll book four sessions and see how we go. We'll do it each time. Yeah. What I explained to them is that that dysregulation, that switching on has come from the traumas. So, we have to heal the traumas each time. Yeah. And what I've found is that once we've actually healed the traumas with my trauma formula, I can tell you what that is in a moment the autonomic nervous system doesn't become dysregulated anymore, yeah. stay yeah. in balance. Yeah. By the second and third session, somebody sitting in front of me already is much more present. They're in contact with their feelings, thanks to the, uh, you know, regulating. So we do a sentence to regulate it. And we do a sentence to release whatever the emotions are that they're overwhelmed by. And what comes up for you
0: when you're releasing the emotions? How, how do you manage that, that that sense of release if you if you like
1: nothing there's no release there's no no phys, physiological oh there happened.
0: isn't any physiological nothing anything happens. there's no fizz coming up at all
1: nothing comes up at all they they just say um, i release anxiety on all levels and by the end of uh, 20 minutes of installation i said i'm feeling a feeling Feeling really relaxed. Thank you. So there's no, it's very different to the days when I used to do Gestalt psychotherapy and we had to yeah. walk the person through the trauma and the healing came from a release. Yeah. And we had to support that release and hold it and make it safe. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever it was. This way, there's no release like that at all. Wow. When the person installs the instruction to at that level of, 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 of being, at the, at the subconscious level, it's simple, it's straightforward, it's uncomplicated and it's it's powerful, it works.
0: Yeah, it's getting your head around that, isn't it, for practitioners or anybody listening that has read kind of the body keeps the score or any of that more body-based stuff where, you know, twitching or shaking or, um, you know, not punching a cushion necessarily but actually crying or releasing is seen as a healing is a is a healing because the body yeah. is the container and it's kind of emptying
1: yeah.
0: but you're saying the body doesn't need to empty anything
1: no no I'm not saying that at all oh
0: okay sorry I'm
1: not saying that at all I'm not saying that at all the, pr- the problem is that what is healthy and what is necessary and unfortunately people are most people can't do this and that is when you have uh, the issue and when you have the emotion you need to release it and experience it and express it to its fullest and then you won't carry it unfortunately people are arriving at me now which is why i've developed this trauma formula it has another whole bunch of things that that happen they're arriving beyond that state of release okay Everything that I've done before QVC was an attempt to release emotions. Gestalt was the one that was you. The body keeps the score. You let it out, and we used to have screaming sessions and beating cushions and all kinds of stuff. And we all felt better afterwards. The only problem with that was that I found that my trauma and the memories of my trauma never went away. I felt better temporarily, but it didn't take away the fact that I was sexually abused as a child and i had been through all this stuff and that never changed. So I realized in the long run, I need more than this. I need more than uh, physical expression and emotional expression. And then I found TRE where you lie on the floor and you, you, you shake, your body shakes. It's fabulous. You feel wonderful afterwards. And I thought, okay, I've now found, I found it, this is it. This is the door, one of the doors that I was happy to walk through. And I did it for 10 years around, I've spread TRE around, around South Africa, to thousands of people, to the most traumatized group in the world who haven't got money to go for therapy. That was a very uh, cost-effective way to do it. I went into children's homes, I went into schools, into educational, and got them all sitting in hundreds in big halls. And they all felt better. And that was all i could do for them and that's great that is one step towards feeling better is releasing shaking off the physicality of the trauma
0: well in emdr we would say only shaking off or releasing the physicality of the trauma in the right hemisphere and the body as the left hemisphere was becoming adaptive And the cognitions were changing at the same time. So there's an integration between left and right.
1: Yeah. That's, I
0: think, what's really important.
1: Yeah. You see, EMDR does uh, attempt all of this and does do it and does give that balance. I've not actually done it. I haven't trained in it. Yeah. I don't understand it as, you know, that well. But I can hear that it is a balanced thing and it does attend to all of that. But everything that I was doing felt to me to be missing something.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm hearing too.
1: What my journey—I have to be hand on heart. My journey has been guided by my own trauma, and I, my, I wasn't getting healed with this. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I kept saying. I'm still not right. I've still yeah. got the shame. I've still got the memories of the sexual abuse. I'm still I've still got no confidence. I still think I'm disgusting. After 20 years of gestalt psychotherapy. Yeah, yeah I couldn't. hear
0: you. I get it. I get it. Uh,
1: I hear you. I was driven to find some way in which I could come free of that. Yeah. And that's what's driven me and why I'm still working at my age. And and I have to say that once I was able to. To learn how to to heal the trauma at that level using the big computer of the subconscious mind, I now found that I'm, I wiped the slate clean of my yeah. trauma. I yeah. don't carry any of that residue anymore. Uh, there's no more self disgust, self doubt, none of that. It's, it's yeah, really- lovely,
0: lovely. Good for you. Good for you. That's <laughs> so important. Journey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, what is the trauma protocol that you've developed?
1: All right, so that it's in two parts. The first, most important part is is working with the autonomic nervous system, and I don't work with a person's trauma until I've got their nervous system under control because they're too dissociated. Yeah, so and, you do the stabilisation.
0: stabilisation. Piece
1: first yeah yeah. yeah 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 and and there are some people who are so dissociated that even after several sessions uh, just aren't making it and then I send them away I, I send them go to f- for some body-based therapy so they can ground more because I can't do my trauma work when somebody's dissociated I have to have them present yeah. so that's the first part and then the second part is of the formula I've taken how can I put this? I was very influenced by what happened in South Africa when Nelson Mandela came into power. I, I was there. Um, I was there voting for him. Um, and it was the most remarkable time of, of I my bet. life. Yeah. I my country became free. But what happened was that it was, there was a huge fear that there would be um, a bloodshed after, after he came to power. And so he got together with Bishop Desmond Tutu, who I'm sure you've heard about. He died recently. I
0: know, very upsetting.
1: And they created the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And what they decided to do was they got the perpetrators and the victims to sit opposite each other in an open court style situation where the victims would talk about the pain they went through at the loss of their child or whatever it was to the policeman or the, the military person who was responsible and uh, the military person asked for forgiveness okay and because it was, it was a heartfelt thing. And it was a genuine sharing of genuine regret Yeah. and genuine forgiveness happened. In fact, there were many cases where the, they would hug each other and say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. What Desmond Tutu said was that forgiveness is the key of healing. So I use forgiveness in my trauma formula. Uh, we forgive uh, what was done to us exactly. I will name it exactly. I don't. I, I don't uh, you know make it make it a, a sort of a general statement like I don't say I forgive my father for abusing me I was yeah. like my father for what exactly he did over these years between this and this age and So there are forgiveness statements uh, for for the particular trauma that we're covering on this day. Then the next next sentence is a release of all the emotions. And this isn't isn't a felt release. It's just a statement. I release all the anger, the despair, hopelessness, whatever we release. I ask them all the feelings that you've had around that. That goes in one sentence as an installation. And then two key things follow that. We have a sentence to restore trust in myself to 100% because when you're born, you're born with 100% self-trust and 100% self-safety, safety within yourself. And then trauma comes along, takes that away to some degree. So I restore it to 100%, trust to 100% and internal safety to 100%. And that's a key shift for people as well. And then the last part of the trauma formula is I give them a magic wand and I say, if you'd never had that trauma, If you'd never been raped by that man when you were 16, who might you be today? And then they come up with one or two definitions and sentences that would describe the freedom from that problem and that we would install as well. And that's the trauma formula, about 10 or 12 sentences get installed for a specific trauma that is covered. And it's quite miraculous, the results. They never go back to that again. I call it wiping the slate clean. It really does go. Yeah. in me and it's I've been using it for four years now I see 10 clients a week most of them with heavy trauma and I haven't had any negative reports on that so so it seems to be working
0: it's interesting isn't it and I'm trying to put my skeptical <laughs> hat a little bit off I'm sure you get this Melanie all the time particularly from people that are clinicians that have been around for a while kind of going
1: mm,
0: okay um you know for example for me I I always think that I don't know whether forgiveness always comes at the end for all of my uh, clients or or would I suggest it because I also think that there are some acts that people have been through, some acts that it's very, very, very difficult to forgive.
1: Yeah, for yeah. And it
0: really, people, it really is. You know, and some um, people can't. Yeah, yeah. And
1: and I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah. All I'm saying is that for me, that seems to be a key element. Yeah. And I also remind people that we're not excusing what was ha- happening. No. By saying what happened was evil or wrong or what you know, we acknowledge that. Yeah. But in order to rewire your brain so that you don't have the wiring pattern of this almost like a tumor in your brain, forgiveness opens that wiring. Yeah. You're doing this for yourself. And when I put it that way, yeah. People, uh, are generally happy to go along with it. And what I'm finding, my my um, experience of this process and the only reason I keep doing it is because it is working. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't, if I was having poor results, if they were you know iffy or whatever, I'd you know, I'd much rather be walking in Devon and sitting yeah. in. The
0: no, <laughs> no, and I'm sure you know, for a lot of people, a lot of the time it 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 it's absolutely great. I suppose I'm thinking about you know, early attachment and co-regulation of the nervous system in the first three years and somebody that doesn't have that safety, that, that felt sense, that baby young sense of safety that doesn't have another nervous system to scaffold against, that sometimes we think that relational aspect in therapy of actually learning to trust and attune and be soothed and co-regulated by another human being is part of that healing modality and I'm just I know that some of my clients in the past have needed more co-regulation and soothing not that I'm the fixer but just it's another safe scaffold for your Mm -hmm. nervous system to learn how to yeah be trust connect attune, so that they're in you know their social engagement is turned on and people are seen as support and yeah. care and all those things because yeah. some of mine have been so badly traumatized or abused by human beings they don't want that connection they don't want to to attune with other people or be in social engagement at all so I'm just wondering I guess if it's only five or six sessions how you build up that relational safety with people that might have spent all of their life not trusting others
1: yeah look I I know exactly what you're talking about because that was the basis of my work as a gestalt therapist and I, I was one for for 20 years and and that's exactly what we did uh, uh, the, the healing component. In fact, there's a book called The Healing Relationship, and it's, it's, it's my favorite book in Gestalt. So, the healing aspect of that was relational. It was all about the relationship, which is why I use it as the, the foundation of what I do. But once I learned how the brain could heal and how different that was, I, I became intrigued by that. So, it's not that I don't offer relational experiences and and it is it is rather short but that whole i mean the majority of 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 the childhood trauma that i work with is uh, proximal abandonment and abandonment the majority of it There's is, is also a lot of extra awful stuff added to yeah. that but that the the proximal abandonment and the abandonment of early childhood all of that work with with the, <clears throat> at the subconscious level with forgiveness statements for that having happened is an incredible result. Yeah people come right out of that, they start to relate differently, they start to be able to connect with their partners again when they've been distant and so on. So look, I can imagine it must be almost impossible for you to get your head around. Oh no, not impossible at all. I'm very,
0: very open and I hope those that are listening and watching and, you know, I'm sure, I'm hoping that we're going to have comments afterwards and chat. please, Put your comments or questions below. There's a couple of people watching us live. Would love to hear what you guys are all thinking. And also, there are a lot of people, I think, in this group too, Melanie, who would be absolutely of the same mindset and, you know, the same opinion. So I think that's what's great about this is we can debate all of this and be intrigued and curious because you know I think openness about the way forward we're all we've all got the same mission or we all want the same things to heal people that have trauma including ourselves but for to do it a little bit quicker and more expediently and cost effectively (laughs) you know so I'm completely with you
1: yeah I didn't really develop it for the for the speed or anything
0: didn't you it, it well,
1: shocked me it shocked me when yeah when happened. I was expecting it you know I just had an open open book and and when people get to five sessions and they're saying yeah I, I don't think I need any more thank you very uh-huh. much and I'm like really you no know, because I come from the background of a yeah. long term yeah yeah I used to yeah. be the people coming to me had been with me for five years weekly Quickly, and it, everything was relational yeah moving but they were moving slowly yeah um but the reason I, I, I moved was not because it was a slow form of therapy or anything like that it was that it wasn't touching the deep trauma yes that talk therapy wasn't touching the shame it no was it to doesn't me. touch
0: the body so I think EMDR is much better at that but, you know, I'm, I'm open for eclectically mixing whatever yeah. works of whatever the best things are.
1: Absolutely. And everybody's different as well, you know. Yeah. Some people like yoga, some people like running, you know. And everybody's different. We have to honor that. People must find their own way through. So yeah. My journey, I, I've said from the beginning, and it's in my book, I did it for me. I was trying to f- heal myself I didn't expect to actually develop a, t- a training program the only yeah. reason I did it was I had so much demand put on me please teach us please teach yeah us. amazing and it kind of grew from there yeah. so you know?
0: how do, how do people find out more how do we how do we learn more about this method and modality and what are you up to I'm
1: with just it just go to my my website qbcliving.com Okay. And, and it's a one-stop shop. Everything's there. Okay. You can, you can get a hold of me through. There's a contact uh, for my PA. If anybody's interested in, in, in meeting me or, or wanting any sessions, uh, just contact me through my PA. And the trainings are there as well. I've got a okay. coming up in June.
0: Okay. Where do you hold the tra- trainings?
1: It's online.
0: Okay. It's
1: global, yeah. And how long do they run for? Uh, It's a 21 week training with a two week holiday in the middle. So it's actually 19 weeks. Right. Um, And it's online. So we have a training, uh, an evening training, which is at five o'clock of an evening. There's one place left at the end of April and then a morning training in June. And the reason I'm doing that one primarily is for the Australians. Yeah. It's, you know, for them it's night time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not a very uh, yeah. Well, anyway, it's, uh, all the information on the training is there. All right, and and and
0: counselors, coaches, body workers, healers. Who 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 do you accept on?
1: Everybody. There's- okay. Yes. Yes. There's no, there's no absolute requirements for coming on it. So it tends to be quite a varied mix of people. Lovely. You get people from housewives to medical doctors to psychotherapists who come on it, everybody in between. Yeah. Uh, It's, it, it needs to appeal to you. I mean, there are a lot of people who kind of, Whoa, it's too much for me, you know, subconscious mind and all that. I think it's got to be, it's got to be something that really sits comfortably and resonates. As you said, horses for courses where, you know, um, I'm not interested in, in trying to convince anybody anything. No. And I, and I actually, I mean, I come back from such a varied background from South Africa to England and, you know, having gone through all kinds of experiences. I think if if anybody wants to come and try QEC, they've got to feel that this excites them. You know or it's, it's it's something that grabs them yeah. because it is different it is different yeah. and there are a lot of people who kind of go oh my god how how can you get me better in one session it's not possible so it depends yeah. on where you sit with it
0: okay and what's the future like for you and for, for for it what are your hopes and dreams
1: well i don't really think about the future to be perfectly honest um i'm just getting one getting through one day at a time I don't, okay. i don't have plans i don't forward plan i i live very much in in the moment okay and, and trust and trust the guidance i'm getting and trust the unfolding i've got a lovely team it's a small personal team um, mostly family-based my son and daughter uh, daughter-in-law work for me with me oh great work so this beautiful website that was just launched this week is all them it's all their work oh wonderful. So it's, it's been a, a small thing it's nothing big I don't expect I have no interest in in massive expansion or lots of work you know what I'm saying I need yeah. perhaps even run down a little bit at my age yeah it's yeah. just
0: do, do you have any hopes for the for the future of the field or the future of mental health or trauma treatment do you have any thoughts about that
1: well i only thought i have we Charlie will have to find ways to heal trauma yeah because it, just about everybody is traumatized i'm mm-hmm. i'm utterly shocked at it and i'm just wanting people to to find ways I I listened to Gabor Mate. He was in London not so long ago, and he said the T word, the trauma word, is still absent in medicine. I know. What I find so shocking.
0: I know. I hear you. To
1: recognise trauma, and And we want every variety of help we can get. Yeah. I love what you do. The EMDR is brilliant stuff. Yeah.
0: I, I agree with you and I hear you and I wish that trauma was a word that people understood more, but also it was in medicine, it was in schools, it was in corporates, it was in like everybody was trauma informed, the police, the justice system, like God, what a different world we would create. So I do go out to the future in my dreams and go, oh, if only, you know, one day.
1: Well, so I'm what, there with you, definitely. Yeah. There yeah. is an essential thing that needs to be healed. Yeah. Need to be recognized. People need to be made aware of it because most people don't know what it is. And we need to have more therapies for it. Yeah. Mm, t- terribly short.
0: Yeah, I agree. And in the meantime, thank you for your therapy. Thank you for creating this. I'd love to find out more. So I'm going to be having a an nosy. And for everybody that's listening or tuning in later, please put replay. Please listen to this. It's very inspiring. Um, yeah. And and hope our paths will cross again and hope we can get you back into Trauma Thrivers and the Facebook group at some point. Thank you.
1: Thank you Yeah, very much. yeah
0: thanks so much for listening to today's podcast I hope it helped you in some way and I really hope to see you back here soon if you have anything to share on today's experience or podcast please lip over to the YouTube channel or the Facebook group Trauma Thrivers and let us know there